Hi, everyone. This is a new part to my quarterback rankings podcast, where I'm starting at number 23 and working my way down to number 15. Again, I appreciate the support. This has been an excellent learning opportunity for me, which I feel like I'm improving as I'm continuing on this uh, on, during my rankings. So please continue to listen and uh, appreciate it. Thank you so much. Now, coming in at number 23, it's someone who desperately needs a comeback season, and that is a Mr. Uh, McCorkle, Mac Jones, for the New England Patriots. As I mentioned with Bryce Young earlier, he became prominent at Alabama uh, when uh, he was in the same quarterback room as Jalen Hurts, uh, Tua, Tua, I'm not going to pronounce it, I, I know I can't say Tua's last name, Tua, and, uh, and himself, Mac Jones. And Mac Jones started the COVID season and played unbelievable. He was, I think, the most efficient quarterback in like history, and he beat out more efficient than the Joe Burrow season, uh, where I mean, the Joe Burrow season was awesome for LSU. That's an all-time team. Nonetheless, Mac Jones they dominated all season. They dominated, I believe, in the uh, in the uh, in the uh, national championship game. And he was drafted uh, 15th overall, I believe, to the New England Patriots. Uh, there's, I mean, there's speculation about, oh, well, the uh, Kyle Shanahan for the 49ers wanted to draft him at number three, but got talked out of tra- drafting him for Trey Lance because Mac Jones is a low-ceiling guy. I mean, low-ceiling. He doesn't have unbelievable – he has very – his athletic traits are very limited, are very unspectacular compared to some of the top talents in the uh, in the NFL, so I'd say Anthony Richardson is a uh, a high ceiling guy, like unbelievable, like talent and everything. Where Mac Jones is low ceiling, where his gifts are very limited, but he knows how to play. He knows how to play quarterback. In his rookie year, for most of it, he proved he knew how to play quarterback. He was very efficient. It led the offense. The team was doing well. And then became the infamous uh, three-pass game in a wild windstorm up in Buffalo his rookie, at the end of his rookie year, where he threw three passes, he went for two for three, which is 66%. But uh, like one of the passes, he was looks like he was not supposed to throw because like he was either uh, Josh McDaniels or uh, Bill Belichick was like screaming the head off at him for like audibling out of the run play. But ever since that game, he was never the same. You look at the stats. I don't have them in front of me, but he was never the same. And in large part, dude, that was due because, uh, I mean, his second last, I mean, last year, second year, he had uh, Joe Judge and Matt Patricia as his offensive coordinators and quarterback coach. Which, if you're not familiar with them. It's they're like a special Joe Judge is a special teams guy, and Matt Patricia was literally the defensive coordinator for Bill Belichick a few years ago, and then failed in the Lions as a head coach, and came back to Bill Belichick, and for some reason they were tasked with the offense, and it looked the offense looked like it was being run by people who don't know how to, who are not familiar with the uh, being able to call plays and design plays for an offense. So Mac Jones struggled, and. Uh, he went through a weird patch last year where their fourth-round rookie, Bailey Zappi, played better than Mac Jones. And people were, even the fans in the Bears, Bears game were, like, petitioning, like, please just keep just chanting Bailey Zappi's name. And Mac Jones is sitting there on the bench, like, are you kidding me? Uh, and But Mac Jones, he yeah, had, a, he had a few good games. The best game I remember he had last year was against the Vikings, where he passed like 380 yards or something. He looked good. They lost the game, so he didn't get credit for winning. But he did He did pretty well. Um, but for the most part, last year, it was rumored he was seeking outside help. Uh, coaches, because he didn't believe in the coaching staff. He was like having like temper tantrums, which I guess he's been rumored to have temper problems. Um well, I guess the counter argument is he cares a lot, right? But anyways, there was conflict in the room with Bill Belichick, and uh, now this year he has Bill O'Brien, who was actually his offensive coordinator for the for Alabama when they won the national championship 
so reunited with someone who believes in him, uh, someone who's coached in the league because Bill Bill Bryant had success with the Houston Texans as a coach, not as a general manager. That's a whole other discussion. I mean, anyways, uh, Mac Jones has a chance to rebound this year. The thing that's going to hold him back the most is they don't have very good talent for wide receivers. It's, uh, yeah, as I wonder, they signed like Devontae Parker, who is, I think, last in the league in separation the past few years to a three-year, like, 30-something million dollar contract. I, I kind of liked him back in, like, 2017, but, I mean, I'm sure everyone else feels 2017 was six years ago, and it's kind of scary. I mean, it is scary now. Not thinking about it moving forward. Uh, Devontae Parker is not great at all. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. He had, some, he had moments with the Steelers a few years ago. Then he re- kind of redeemed himself a bit with the uh, with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs last year and won a Super Bowl with them. And now they, the Patriots signed him to a three-year contract. Like they don't, they just don't have a number one receiver. Um, they have like a lot of, I guess, decent role players, especially uh, Juju uh, Smith Schuster. But does, does anyone know? Like, is it gonna be good? Like, are they great? No. I mean, the running backs are decent. I think they have Stevenson. I I, I can't remember the person's name, but it's, I think Stevenson. Uh, they signed uh, Ezekiel Elliott uh, uh, off of just. He's just a free agent floating around who's decent. Uh, poor, poor Zeke. I mean, how did he go from being a star running back for the Dallas Cowboys to his last play was literally playing center on a trick play at the end of a game where he's got literally bulldozed. Look it up. It's kind of sad. He didn't deserve that ending. Um, who, I mean, Zeke's decent. He's a good pass blocker for sure as a running back, but you want to play running back more, of course. But he's he's starting caliber, I still think. Um, but Mac Jones is he's going to have definitely better uh, coaches around him this year. But as far as talent around him, uh, he's going to throw the ball to. It's going to be tough sledding and. Hey, if he's just decent and they play the game that Bill Belichick wants to play, this low-scoring, defensive-driven, he protects the ball, more similar to what he did his rookie year, they can make the playoffs, maybe, they go like 9-8, 10-7, sneak in a loaded AFC, um, which is possible. It's, I don't think it's likely, but certainly possible. We saw it a few years ago. And... Um, Mac Jones, if Mac Jones plays well, he'd certainly be the quarterback of the Patriots for years to come. If he plays poorly, he might get Bill Belichick fired. So, it's all or nothing, and hey, I'm here to watch it. At number 22, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers quarter, second-year quarterback. Anyone want to guess? Well, I guess I'm the only one talking, right? It's Kenny Pickett. And Kenny Pickett, he's a second-year starter. He came out of uh, Pittsburgh, actually, uh, conveniently. And he was a four-year starter. He won a bunch of games. He has a lot of playing time, which is, I think it was Bill Parcells. He famously had a theory that he wanted, he'd only draft quarterbacks who had so many starts, so many pass attempts and whatever in his career, in their college career. And Kenny Pickett certainly had a ton of experience in college and allowed him to walk into the uh, NFL with a lot of experience and knowing, being very comfortable how to play quarterback. By comfortable, he's like, he's not, ner- he's not nervous when people are like pass rushers coming at him. He knows where to throw the ball. He has good foot movement. He has good timing. He has a quick release. He's very comfortable, uh, which I'll go back to say, well, unfortunately, Trey Lance, my favorite team is the 49ers, and Trey Lance was someone who had, they felt a lot of talent, but hadn't played quarterback much. And when you don't know how to, you don't play quarterback much, you don't know how to read the defense, you are very unsettled by pressure coming up the middle, or any pressure coming at you, you're not good at, you don't have good pocket presence, you don't know how to run around and avoid pressure, so you can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't know how to play quarterback, that's an issue, right? And, uh, but Kenny Pickett, he knows how to play quarterback. He knows how to evade pressure. He knows how to step away. He knows how, he's a decent athlete, actually. He can run around a little bit. 
He can read the defense. He's able to distribute the ball to people. Um, so people felt, okay, he could be pretty good for the Steelers. And and for some reason, the Steelers started Mitch Trubisky last year. Like, why? Like, Trubisky, yeah, he's third overall pick years ago. Uh, no, he was second. He was second. Yeah, and, you know, he was second because the 49ers drafted the – the Bears swapped with the 49ers, unbelievably. Um, so they traded up to get Mitch Trubisky, even though the 49ers were never going to draft Mitch Trubisky for the Bears. Mitch Trubisky on the Steelers was the same as Mitch Trubisky on the Bears, not very good. So eventually, uh, Kenny Pickett started. And Kenny Pickett, at first, I, I really didn't see it. I mean, he has, I mean, yes, he has a lot of college playing time and everything, but he was throwing a bunch of picks, and he has a very, I think, average arm. So, if if you have an average arm, so when you throw the ball, if there's velocity, and people's arms are naturally stronger than others, right? And if you, the stronger arm you have, the harder you throw it, so the faster it gets to a receiver, and also, a good another advantage, if you throw it faster, defensive players are, I mean, the joke is, they know how to play, they play defense for a reason. And so when the ball's coming at them faster, they don't they can't catch it very well. It just like bounces off their hand. But if you have a, if you throw the ball softer, it's easier for them to catch it. So Kenny Pickett has, I think, a fairly average arm. So he started throwing a bunch of interceptions. The team was doing well. Um, and then they started winning games. He turned a corner a bit, and they started winning some games and saved Mike Tomlin's famous uh, streak of never having a losing season for all these years, even though they looked dead to rights last year. And they finished 9-8 and eight last year, I believe. And uh, this year, the Steelers have a lot of optimism. It's the second year. It's the second year, like, more comfortable. You could build off the strong ending from last year. And they have a bunch of skilled uh, talent. They have, uh, I mean, highlighted by, I think it's George Pickens, who is an unbelievable talent at wide receiver and for some reason, the Steelers always have great wide receiver talent. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, unbelievable. They just keep trading away. The wide receivers keep flaming out for one reason or another, most notably uh, Antonio Brown. And uh, they, well, the Steelers just draft wide receivers well. There's always wide receivers. People send, seem to believe in uh, Najee Harris, the running back, which I don't see it. I, I, I don't know. They, he just... Has low average yards per carry. People think he's great. I think he's meh. 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 Yeah, I think he's just meh. Uh, maybe, I mean, cyber guy, I think. If you need three yards, he'll get you three yards. But if you need four yards, he'll get you three yards. That's what I believe. So not great. Uh, but there's a lot of talent for wide receivers. A lot of people he could throw the ball to. And if there's a decent run game, he could do, he could make some moves. Um, but then again, it all comes down to can he? How will he play in the cold? Because when you have an average arm, it's hard. The ball gets heavier, and when in cold weather, the ball is like harder to throw. It gets a little bit heavier, like the feel of it. I mean, even just watching the games, the ball does not move very well in the cold. And when you have an average arm, it does. It especially is highlighted in turbulent weather. So in the wind, rain, snow, cold. Average arms are exposed more, and he plays in, in in AFC North. They play in Cleveland. They play in Baltimore. They play in Pittsburgh, obviously, and they play in uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, that's the last one. Those are all outdoor stadiums. Like all can get really, really, really flipping cold. And when it's like December, January, you're in the playoffs. You can't get away with just throwing the ball like five, three yards, five yards, like, and it's a duck for like. 25 yards. It takes forever to do 25 yards. I don't think he'd get away with it. I have some doubts in him, but there, I, I do see why people like him. And it will be interesting to see how he does next year. Uh, like last year, I think he ended still with more interceptions and touchdowns, but he, he played well last year. They won games. So, hell, I think he has a good chance. I like him more than the other 10 quarterbacks I just went through, so... Hey, it'd be fun if he does well, right? Now, at number 21, it's Mr. He, sh in my honest opinion, he shouldn't be in the league anymore. He's 
all the rumors about him are absolutely disgusting, especially with all the massage therapists who were coming after him. Like, like it was at 24. And he still got and rewarded for a the, one of the best guaranteed contracts in NFL history. Uh, well, okay. I'm mean, talking about Deshaun Watson for the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson, he won national championship with Clemson a few years ago. Uh, against Alabama, they were. I think it was, they both played the championship against each other twice, or they played each other in the playoffs at least twice. And he won a national championship with Clemson. He was at the Texans. He was, did well at the Texans, and he got in really big trouble with the law because saw a therapist. He wanted to get out of the Texans. It just became a whole mess. He sat out the year. It's not like the league probably wouldn't let him play anyways. And then he moves on to then after all the mis- I mean, he saw a massage therapist uh, coming after him, and 24 is, oh, like something's weird happening. No denying that. And the Browns wanted to give him a ton of money, all the money in the world, so he went up there. Then the league suspended him for quite a few games, so he eventually started playing, and he was not himself. He was not himself at all. He was awesome with the Texans when he was young. He's still relatively young, but he was awesome with the Texans. He was so much fun. He had pretty decent arm. Not the best, but pretty decent. He could run. He could make plays. He's a playmaker. Run around the field. It's like, okay, it's awesome. And then last year, he was not awesome. He looked like he forgot how to play quarterback or looked like someone who had not played quarterback in like two years, which that's actually true. He had not played quarterback for two years, roughly. And he was, yeah, he was just awful he had some good games i think he had a good game against washington later in the season but it was all because it was like deep shots i think it was like still a low completion rating but he threw a few touchdowns so it made it look better than it was he was he was not good last year he was not good and if deshaun but good thing for the browns last year they're only paying one million dollars because they knew he was going to be suspended Bad news for the Browns is that they, I mean, now they're paying him like 73 or whatever million dollars this year. So they need him to be good. They need him to be good this year. If he's not good, they're fucked. I mean, excuse my language, but wow, they're in trouble. And uh, it'll be, uh, I, I, I don't like him. I mean, especially with all that stuff going on, I just personally believe Something weird happened. He's, it's just creepy. It's weird. I'm not gonna go into it farther. It's weird to say the least. And the talent of him, he should still be there. I don't think he's not 30 yet. He should still be there. But between all of the ha- that happening, him taking the time off, and the growth of the uh, a lot of the young quarterbacks, he may not be relevant again. His best days are could easily be behind him. And, well, let's see. We will see. That the best part about sports is that people can debate, just talk stuff, like just talk about each other, just get angry and stuff. But, it, I mean, ultimately, it's we're going to find out. I mean, I mean, okay, it's like, okay, I mean, when two teams play, it's like, okay, I think the 49ers are going to win. Okay, I think the Steelers are going to win, who are playing week one. Well, we're going to find out. We're, we're going to find out. That's the best part about it. It's like, okay, well, I was right or I was wrong, and this is why. Um, yeah, so anyways, I'm going to keep moving on. At number 20, it's a highly polarizing quarterback for who seems to be a really decent guy as opposed to Deshaun Watson. But Daniel Jones for the New York Giants. He recently uh, he came out at Duke a few years ago. He went six of the world to the Giants, and his famous video of the Giants... There was a game going on at MetLife Stadium where the Giants play and announced that, okay, he's going, that the New York Giants just drafted Daniel Jones. And everyone in the stands was like, like a tragedy just happened. They're like, no. <laughs> Not a great way to start. But he had a pretty productive, when he started playing for a cooked Eli Manning, by cooked, like he was just not good anymore. Eli Manning. Um in his rookie year, he put up some good stats. He played well. He beat up on Washington a few times. He well, but he, became, he developed a reputation for just fumbling nonstop. Like he just someone touched him, he fumbled it. Like 
drops back, fumble. It's just fumble, 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 fumble. And uh, like he developed a nickname for Danny Dimes. He threw he throws a very nice deep ball, but he would just fumble the ball at a higher rate than anyone in NFL history. It's like at least fumble a game. It was unbelievable. And then he's starting quarterback for the next few years, and it just wasn't going well. He kept fumbling it, kept turning the ball over. It was just like low wattage offense, not fun to watch. It's like a lot of blah. And uh, then the Giants make the brilliant move of hiring Ryan Dable, or Brian Dable, my bad, uh, from the Bills. And uh, Daniel Jones was completely kind of transformed. He was transformed in the way he stopped fumbling the ball. He stopped putting the ball on the ground, which is fantastic. He stopped losing games. But my issue is the the Giants are now paying him like $40 million a year. And it, and I think that's not a good idea, especially for someone who only threw. I think he started every game last year. I could be wrong. He had. I think he, he had a that started every game last year. And he only threw 15 touchdowns. Like 15. He was through 15 touchdowns, five interceptions. The five interceptions is fantastic. 15 touchdowns is not fantastic. That is very low ceiling. And I don't care if, like, who your wide receivers are, because he didn't have, to be fair, his wide receivers were not spectacular, but they were not very good. And uh, he was not very good with them either. Even though they had uh, Saquon Barkley, who is very athletic, he keeps the defense a little bit honest because they're going to give it to him, play action, all that. Having a dynamic running back like Saquon Barkley helps a lot. And Daniel Jones relies on him, honestly, to make the offensive offense function for play-action reasons. And 15 touchdowns last year is not acceptable. I think it reward for $40 million a year for the next few years. Like, are you kidding me? And they don't pay Saquon Barkley? I, I, I get the argument for, okay, you need to pay the quarterback or the running back over the running back. But in that case, Daniel Jones' success is from... Saquon Barkley, I don't care. And Daniel Jones, I think, was vast, wildly overpaid. And I think he's only, I mean, I think he's a top 20 quarterback. As in top 20, I mean, I think he's a 20th. I don't think he's spectacular. I think he he is very mobile. He is very quick. It is awesome to watch him just running down the field. He's He has talent. He's, like, I've heard someone say, I think it was Colin Coward or something, uh, it's like more bigger, stronger, faster version of Alex Smith, which is very true, I believe. And Alex Smith had a very productive career, but Dan- but Alex Smith is a very limited player, and I think Daniel Jones is too. Daniel Jones has a nice arm. He has a nice deep ball. He's fast. I don't think he's like elusive, elusively athletic, but he's like fast, straight line athletic. Uh, you can win games with him, of course, but you need to have the surrounding talent. And he could improve this year. And the Giants signed Darren Waller from... Uh, they traded for him from the Raiders. So an awesome Raider, awesome tight end talent. And if Daniel Jones is as good as everyone... Some people think he's believed. Some people think he's top 10, which I disagree vehemently. But with the talent around him, he could prove to be a good quarterback. Or he could just prove to be... Still, like, decent, like, starting caliber, I guess, but limited and can hamstring the the team he's on, especially when he's being paid $40 million a year. Yeah. Okay, those are my thoughts on Daniel Jones. Now, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite quarterbacks in the NFL, and that is the former 49ers starting quarterback, Jimmy Guapo from the Mexico game. Oh, or Jimmy Garoppolo for for now the for the Las Vegas Raiders. Jimmy Garoppolo came from a small school in like I think it was what was it, Southern Illinois or something. I think he I think he came from the same school as Tony Romo. He was drafted in the second round, Jimmy Garoppolo to the New England Patriots. He was supposed to be the to replace Tom Brady when Tom Brady was supposed to fall off the alleged cliff that Max Kellerman mentioned. But then there's like scenario something happened where 
Jimmy played well in a few games, and then Tom Brady was like, okay, just get get Jimmy Garoppolo out of the building. So, uh, so Robert Kraft basically traded Jimmy Garoppolo to the San Francisco 49ers, and 49ers started him when the 49ers were lousy. He, got, he had went 5-0 in his five games, and he was rewarded with the highest, pay, biggest contract in NFL history at the time, which that's pretty low at this point, very low at this point. And the 49ers have been a Super Bowl contender every year he was healthy. Whenever he was healthy, they went to the NFC Championship game at least. When he's not healthy, for the most part, besides this past year, they fell apart. They completely fell apart. And people always say, oh, yeah, Kyle Shanahan's offense, it, uh, it's very quarterback friendly. But yeah, it is, I guess. But how come uh, Kellen, not Kellen Moore, uh, well, yeah, C.G. Beathard, when C.G. Beathard plays, how come when Brian Hoyer plays, how come when, uh, uh, what's his first name, the Mullins, something Mullins plays, they don't win any games. They just don't win games. And then with J- Jimmy, they win a bunch of games. So you can't say, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo's overrated, but then keep saying, oh, but like, how can he be overrated if Kyle Shanahan can't win games with him? And the funniest thing, one of my favorite shows is First Things First with Nick Wright, Kevin Wilde, and Chris Broussard. Chris Broussard loves bringing up a uh, graphic as the... Uh, the highest winning percentage for winning percentage for starting quarterback since like 1970 or the merger or something. And Jimmy Garoppolo is one of the leaders with uh, like Peyton Manning, Joe Montana, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, I think Elway, like a lot of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. Then there's just Jimmy Garoppolo. And I mean, quarterback wins. It's, something i guess i mean jimmy's he's accurate he has a very quick release he's very quick he knows where to go with the ball he has a decent arm it's average at least i think it might be a bit better than average but say average at least he's athletic enough in his career like he can roll out do bootlegs where the quarterback is running outside the pocket and trying to look downfield at the same time and running a little bit of head defenders he He's accurate. He's fast. He doesn't have a very good deep ball for whatever reason. I, he just doesn't. Um, but, hey, he's able to work the middle of the field, just get the ball to the right places. And I would say one of the biggest downsides to Jimmy Garoppolo besides his deep ball is he has one or two plays every game where he seems to just throw the ball up. And it's like, okay, like very the ball could be intercepted very easily. And it's pretty scary as a fan of his. Be like, oh my god, I hope they don't catch it. Like, please don't. Ca-. I mean, thankfully it usually hits the dirt, but sometimes he throws bad interceptions at bad times, and it's not great. And his playoff resume, he's won a lot of games, but it's been because the team doesn't. The team wins despite him. <laughs> he's kind of just guiding the offense and trying not to crash the car. Uh, like he's keep barely keeping it on the guardrails. Um. Uh, hey, I mean, he's playing Patrick Mahomes. He's out playing Patrick Mahomes for most of the Super Bowl in 2020. And I mean, if he hit that one ball, if he actually completed that ball to Emmanuel Sanders, there's a good chance Jimmy Garoppolo is a Super Bowl MVP and a Super Bowl winner, and that would appreciate the narrative. Um, but I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get another chance with the Raiders. Um, oh, I apologize. His biggest, pro- Jimmy Garoppolo's biggest problem is his injuries. He seems to be Mr. Glass. Whenever he gets hit, he goes down. He's like, okay, is he busted up now? Like, is it an ankle injury? Is it an arm? Is it shoulder? Like, what is it? And it's it's sad because the 49ers would still probably be with Jimmy Garoppolo if he didn't keep getting hurt. If that's plain and simple. He would be... He would be higher up on my list if he just didn't get hurt nearly as much. So for the Raiders now, he's accurate. He's uh, experienced with Josh McDaniels, who's had, who was his co- offensive coordinator when he was with the Patriots. He has some familiarity. The Raiders have talent. They have Devontae Adams. They have uh, a few other people I can't think of, but Josh Jacobs. They, they have talent on the offense, but... He needs to be protected so he doesn't get hit. And when he's comfortable, he can play very well. And the Raiders could be pretty decent. 
but he needs to be healthy. And I hope he's healthy because he's awesome. And I think he looks great. In the, he looked great in the 49ers uniform. He looks great in the Raiders uniform. And it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Now I'm going to talk about number 18 quarterback, someone who is, I feel, very disrespected in the league. Because he's pretty good when he's healthy. He's pretty good. He's been disrespected his entire career when he was the Dolphins, when now he's on the Titans. And if anyone knows what I'm talking about, that is a Ryan Tannehill for the for the uh, Tennessee Titans. Uh, Tannehill, he was drafted in the famous quarterback draft with uh, Andrew Luck, uh, Robert Griffin III, and, uh, Russell Wilson. There's Brandon Whedon, who I always liked, but he's a 28 28-year-old rookie, which, if you think that's a problem, tell the Browns that, because they drafted him anyways. Uh, but Ryan Tannehill, he came from Texas A&M. He was actually a wide receiver at the time, but he convert, eventually converted to quarterback and went in the first round of the 2012 draft, 2012 draft to the Miami Dolphins, where he was pretty meh, meh, mediocre for a lot of it. He had some good, good moments, but he would either get injured or just wasn't good enough. So he went to the Titans, and then he was back up for Marcus Mariota. That always seemed like, okay, when, if and when, keyword when, Mariota struggles, Ryan Tannehill will take over. Ryan Tannehill took over eventually, very quickly. And Tannehill was awesome with Arthur Smith uh, as the OC at the Tennessee Titans. And I think he had like the highest, some of the highest uh, pass rating in the league at the time. It's like, it's. I can't, it was like 118 or something, 120 or something, something ludicrous, like out of this galaxy, in large part due to uh, Derrick Henry, the running back for the uh, Tennessee Titans, who still is. And those teams went to the, uh, they went to the AFC Championship game, they uh, they beat the MVP Lamar Jackson, they did very well in the playoffs, and I think the, the, uh, the, uh, the public uh, opinion of Ryan Tannehill changed when uh, the uh, a few years ago, Ryan Tannehill and Tennessee Titans were the number one seed for the AFC. They hosted the first home playoff game and in the divisional round because they had the bye week. And, uh, oh, I guess, quickly going through it, if you're not familiar the top there's the NFC and AFC, and the top seed at the end of the regular season in both conferences. So the number one seed will have a first round bye in the playoffs. So the wild card weekend they do not play; they just rest and they play in the divisional round, the first game, which is the advantage with rest. But there's rust involved and rust. And Ryan Tannehill, his first pass of the divisional round, he threw against the Bengals at home. He threw an interception, and then I think he ended the. He had another interception somewhere. Then the game ceiling interception, so he lost the game, and people were very angry with that. And that's I think when public opinion changed on him, unfortunately. And even since then, he's been a pretty good quarterback. Not as good as he previously was. Now he's in his mid thirties, but he's still pretty good. I think he's still pretty good. And uh, like Mike Vrabel is a very good coach. He's coached well, but I think the departure of Arthur Smith to the Falcons was a big hit for him as a quarterback. And but Tannehill has been the same; it's been pretty good. He's outlasted uh, quarterbacks who the team keeps trying to draft to replace him, as like Malik Willis two years ago, and now Will Levis this year, and they both seem just to be right in the bench behind him, and all for good reason. I think Tannehill is still pretty good. But he is aging. He, yeah, I mean, he still runs pretty well, but he's older. So passes pretty well, but he's older. And he hasn't come clutch in the big games. So, and now with the talent around him, with the Tennessee Titans, because the Titans got rid of A.J. Brown a few years ago. Now, now Derrick Henry's still awesome, but he's heading into unknown territory as a running back because he's been used a ton, and he's been awesome, but he's going, and he's big, he's fast, he, whenever he stiffs on someone, it's like they become, like the defender becomes his lead blocker, and like Earl Thomas a few years ago, it's hilarious, but he is getting older. And there is concern that, I mean, yeah, Derrick Henry will, 
fall well, age, like, like we all do, unfortunately, especially as athletes. And Ryan Tannehill will eventually be replaced just due to large part due to maybe not great perform, maybe not great talent or aging talent around him. Well, you know, Tennessee Titans now they have Dandre Hopkins, but the Titans got a weird. They keep they trying to they keep signing old washed up wide receivers to help them. Like they most most notably they had Julio Jones a few years ago. They did they have like Andre Johnson or something? But they had Julio Jones for sure, and that was not good. And now they have DeAndre 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 Hopkins. My apologies. Who I think is still decent. I hope he's still good. And I think Ryan Taylor will hope he's good too. So he could still be a quarterback next year. Now I will talk about someone who's in a completely new environment. But eh, not completely new because there's a familiar head coach to him. And that is a Mr. Derek Carr for the New Orleans Saints. He's reunited with Dennis Allen who was his rookie head coach. So Derek Carr, he was drafted a number of years ago. He was, I think, in the 2013 draft with uh, E.J. Manuel and Geno Smith. Well, but Derek Carr was in the second round. And Derek Carr, he went to Oakland Raiders at the time. It was Dennis Allen, and the team was absolutely horrible. I mean, it, was, it was bad. And, but he showed some flashes. And uh, eventually, Dennis Allen gets fired, of course, and Jack Del Rio comes in. And the team is actually very competitive. And uh, at one point... Derek Carr is almost like an MVP guy. He's looking awesome. He's kind of athletic. He has a pretty good arm. It's like exciting. Then the team has plus part again. Then comes in uh, John Gruden, who's been in the ESPN Monday Night booth forever. It's calling games, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, bring him back!" And the team's okay. It's like some friction. But in the last year, when Gruden was fired uh, for like emails. Uh, Inappropriate emails were leaked. Uh, like Dan, not Dan, Derek Carr was able to uh, rally with the interim head coach. They got to the playoffs, and they were one play away from beating the uh, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Like very exciting time. And uh, but then last year, uh, Josh McDaniels comes in. Uh, Devontae Adams comes in. That's supposed to be awesome. And Derek Carr takes a big step. Back. And now he like the end of the end of the year ended end of the last season ended weird for him because he left the team and he was like, all angry and stuff and went home. It was just a weird look. Like, I don't I don't know. It was just weird for somebody who's been on the, for the representing the team for that long has the franchise records and passing yards, passing touchdowns. I think all the significant ones. Like, that was a weird way to end it. And uh, Derek Carr. Well, now he's on the Saints, and he's with Dennis Allen again. And, okay, the Saints have a lot of talent. They have Alvin Kamara. They have, uh, I think, Olave, the wide receiver from Ohio State. And they have, oh, I like Taysom Hill. But they have, oh, now they have O.J. Graham. But their offenses should be pretty decent. And they have pretty decent offensive weapons around them. And the defense is still pretty good. But... Dennis Allen's the head coach. And I'm actually shocked that Derek Carr actually wanted to go back to Dennis Allen because last time he was with him, it was a disaster. And Dennis Allen seems to be a good defensive mind head coach, but offensively, ooh, I don't know. I don't know. Because, I mean, last year the Saints were like 7-10 and 10 or something. A big drop-off from Sean Payton the year before, who was their head coach. Um, but Derek Carr's an upgrade for them. They should be better. They should do decent. Um, especially in the lousy division with the Panthers, the Buccaneers, and the Falcons. So, hey, Derek Carr could rejuvenate his career and look awesome, could do well. Like, just pictures of his biceps looking big and all that. So, it could be good, but he's with Dennis Allen again. And the first time he was with Dennis Allen, it was not good. Dennis Allen has not his bad, pretty, pretty bad history of being head coach record. Might be a good defensive coordinator, but I don't know as a head coach. I hope it goes well, but we'll see. Now we are at the very middle of my quarterback ranking. We just we've already gone through 
uh, 17 through 32, and now it's 16 through 1 above us. And we're at number 16 now. Halfway, the middle, the middle quarterback. And that, I believe, is Kyler Murray, who's now, who's still on the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray came from Oklahoma in the uh, Lincoln Riley offense and was number one overall because he's awesome. He's, he's, he's a small guy. He's like 5'10", maybe, 5'9". 5'9", 5'10", 5, 5, but he's fast. He's so elusive. It looks like when he's running at full speed, it looks like he's moving twice as fast as everyone else, like just like times two, like speed. It's pretty incredible. And he has a good, he's a great arm. He's pretty good. I think his arm's always a bit overrated, to be honest, but he's a good arm. He has a pretty good arm. It's not, people say it's elite, but I don't know. His ball wobbles. It's not moving that fast. I, I don't know. It's, it's a good arm, though. Nonetheless... He went number one overall to the Cardinals two years ago, and he had moments where he looked good. He looked like he was getting MVP votes, especially at the beginning of each season. He looked awesome. He's moving, like, running around, making plays, balls flying, just so much fun to watch. But he kept having, maybe it was partially due to uh, Cliff Kingsbury, who had, he's dating back to college, his teams would always do very well at the beginning of a uh, season, but then by the end of the season, they just keep lo they lose all their games, and that's what kept happening with the Cardinals. Um, Kyler Murray kept like breaking down because he's a small guy. I mean, he's like around like two hundred, two ten or something. He's stocky, uh, but still, he's smaller frame. Just gets beat up a bit from running around too. Uh, and he kept just breaking down a bit physically, and uh, and then two years ago he, they were good enough. They made the playoffs, and then he had a horrific playoff game. Like he had a most notable play, like he was getting sacked in the end zone. He threw the ball up, the ball got caught, and it went deep. And the defense ran in for a pick six, which you can make the case that was actually the right move because better than getting a safety and getting the ball back to the other team, right? That's another discussion, though. Bad play, horrible, horrible playoff game, and in large part because he wasn't running, and people felt, well, he wants to get paid, so like, if he runs, he's getting at least compensated. Get paid for a big contract, second contract, I mean. Because if you're getting drafted first overall, you're getting a lot of money, but you get significantly more money with your second contract. And... So the Cardinals, fine, they give him the contract, but there's a clause in the contract that says he needs to study X amount of hours at home, which basically is saying they don't trust him playing. They don't trust him to study because there's always been rumors he's a big uh, like video game fan, especially Call of Duty, and like, people like throwing up statistics that when it's like 2XP weekend, so you earn double the points when you're playing online video games for Call of Duty, his stats are pretty bad. Like, he's too busy playing video games and not studying. And that <laughs> that opinion only grew when the Cardinals had that clause in his contract that you need to study to get the con to get the money. And, of course, uh, Raider the Raiders, the Cardinals said, oh, well, we don't need it like that. So they got rid of it, but the damage was done. Everyone's like, okay, it's true. He doesn't study. The Cardinals believe he doesn't study enough. enough. And then last year, they just didn't do well. Like he kept getting the, their, his play wasn't nearly as good. Like he was okay. I think he had 14 touchdowns, seven interceptions. But it just wasn't nearly as good as they expected and needed it to be because now they're in, like, the team. The roster's horrible. They fired their head coach and GM. New guy who had a pretty cringy hype-up uh, hype uh, speech to the team. He was like, this is your car. You got here. I, I'm not trying to impersonate it. It was bad, though. It was like, oh, I, I'm not running through a door. For, for, I'm not running through an open door for that guy, much less a brick wall. And uh, Kyler Murray's hurt. So the speculation with Caleb Williams, the USC prodigy quarterback who's could come out of college this year, that Cardinals will just try to tank for him and sit Kyler Murray out the whole year. And Kyler Murray may not play, and then tried to trade Kyler Murray for a first-round pick. Ultimately, Kyler Murray has unbelievable physical traits. 
from being an elite runner, pretty good passer. He's quick, he's fast, he's elusive, he's a lot of fun to watch. But he has always has bad optics around him. Like he did like interviews, he's just something's off. I I mean he seems he's probably a decent person. He's probably a good person, of course, but something's just off about like the vibes, just the atmosphere around him, something's off. And people seem not to his former players, I mean Larry Fitzgerald retired and just like there's just players who just don't seem to want to play for him. And that's not a good look. But with his God-given gifts, his talent, he can still be a rock star in this league. And whether he's on the Cardinals next year, this year, next year, and forward, or another team, he will be given plenty of chances just because of his, just because of his athletic ability. At number 15, it's former Mr. Irrelevant. It is a Mr. Brock Purdy, who is was pretty good last year. Uh, so his story, he was he played he was a four-year starter for Iowa State. <clears throat> and Iowa State was always pretty decent. I mean, I remember him hanging around like college rankings, like the teens, I think. I mean, they're always pretty good. They're always competitive, especially in the Big 12. And uh, they won a bunch of games. And he was, because he's a smaller guy and doesn't have a great, super strong, he doesn't have a strong arm or anything. And he was in a, the Big 12, so Iowa State plays in the Big 12. And they're known for, like, the air raid offense. By air raid, I mean, they just, the wide receivers just run. And the passers, the quarterbacks just throw the ball to them. So there's always been a... uh, a lot, there's been a lot of air raid quarterbacks who have not done well in the NFL for whatever reason because like the defense in the Big 12 isn't very good, so it's they're not used to the defenses. They're just not ready. Anyways, Brock Purdy goes the last pick in the NFL draft in 2022 to the Mr. Relevant. So when when any player that goes last in the draft, they're known as Mr. Relevant, and they're handed a jersey with irrelevant like uh, 256 or whatever the last number pick of the draft is. And uh, that was Brock Purdy, and he's not expected to be anything. Um, but he's on the 49ers, and the 49ers at the time were trying to start Trey Lance because they drafted him the year prior. And then there's Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo's like <laughs> kind of just practicing throwing balls on the other side of the field, like doesn't have the playbook or anything. There's Brock Purdy just trying to play. And I remember watching the highlights of Brock Purdy the preseason, and like this goes back to like Kenny Pickett in a way. Of someone, he just knows how to play quarterback. He played four years at college. He, went, he played a bunch of games. He played a bunch of big moments in high-pressure situations, so he's comfortable. And he's pretty quick feet. I remember, uh, like, his, uh, like, 10-yard time in his 40, is like, 10-yard split in his 4-yard time was just as fast as a lot of some of the top players. Like, his high-end speed is not the same, of course. But his acceleration to his top speed is very quick. So he's able in the preseason. He was like running around, like moving the pocket quickly. He looked comfortable. He's making the right throw. He's accurate. Uh, good enough in arm. So he looked good. So he's a third string quarterback for the 49ers in 2022. And Trey Lance stars. Trey Lance struggles and breaks his foot, a leg, breaks his ankle, or he broke so he broke his leg, or he broke something in his uh, leg. Uh, the second week of the season, so Jimmy Garoppolo starts, and as I alluded to earlier, Jimmy Garoppolo is Mr. Glass, so he got hurt eventually, I think, in the Miami Dolphins game early on, and Brock Purdy comes in, and I think Nick Wright made a comment, which I thought too, honestly, but I'll give it to Nick Wright. It was, okay, Brock Purdy, if you just, if you didn't know who was who, you would think Brock Purdy was just Jimmy Garoppolo with a different number on. Like, <laughs> He was accurate, he was decisive, he was like making all the right reads, making the throws, and it was, especially for Mr. Irrelevant coming off the bench in that situation, he played really well. And the sad part was he paid so much better than Trey Lance ever did, to be honest. Um, so Brock Purdy keeps playing, and he keeps winning, and he beat the they beat not the Pages, the Buccaneers the next week. They just keep winning. They keep winning. They host two out playoff games. They beat the they beat the Seahawks. They beat the Cowboys. And and like the second drop, second or third play of the NFC Championship game is the Eagles at Philadelphia. He 
there's a play call where a backup tight end is going up against an all-pro defensive end, and naturally that's a disaster. So, and when Brock Purdy's going back to throw in his windup, and he starts throwing the ball forward a little bit, the defensive end like hits his arm and tears his UCL and his elbow, so he can't play anymore. Uh, well, he ends up going back to the game because the quarterbacks kept getting hurt, but he was he was done. So he had to all off season he had to elbow surgery and everything, fix his arm. And so, be okay, before I go into why I think he'll do this year, last year he played great. In his stretch, I think he had 14 touchdowns with one or two interceptions. He was, the offense was averaging like 10, point, 10 more points a game than they were with Jimmy Garoppolo. And they were winning games with Jimmy Garoppolo, but they took off with Brock Purdy. Um in large part because Brock Purdy has weapons. He was playing with uh, Christian McCaffrey, who they traded for that year. They had uh, Debo Samuel. They're Brandon Ayuk. They're George Kittle, of course. There's Trent Williams blocking or like just <laughs> blocking and being the lead blocker and just which is in motion, which is awesome. And uh, Brock Purdy was fantastic. He was more above and beyond anything anyone could have dreamed of of him. And there is a pretty good chance he will regress this year. He should regress because he was like 116 passer rating last year. And even if he regresses to 101, he's still very good. It's still awesome and more than enough than we can, I mean, 49ers need because he's accurate. He actually throws the ball pretty well down the field for not having a, a great arm. Certainly better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And he's accurate, and he has quick feet, so he's able to make some plays and run around a bit if he needs to. Um, and I think with Brock Purdy, the 49ers will do just fine. They'll still be contenders, and uh, hey, he knows how to play the he knows how to play quarterback, which is more than you could say Trey Lance knows how to play. I feel bad with Trey Lance, but he just. Trey Lance wasn't meant to be the starter anymore, but Brock Purdy, he looks great, and he's pretty good. Now I'm over halfway through my quarterback rankings. Uh, this has been, as I keep saying, this has been a lot of fun, and I'm excited for everyone to keep listening to the uh, second half of my rankings. So I hope everyone has an opinion about this. I hope everyone doesn't think I'm just right, because that means if in a world that I'm right, which <laughs> I'm certainly not right, but... I want there to be debate. I want there people to disagree with me, and it just makes it just makes sports a bit more entertaining when there's lots of disagreement. I believe this is a good rankings of mine, but other people may feel differently. So please continue to keep listening, and I appreciate the support. Thank you so much.